the shout on the 1st August. I remember that well because, well, the, the kind of weather went out on and the, the rescue it was and the teamwork everyone put in uh, to achieve the outcome that we got that night. It was uh, tremendous teamwork and we got a medal at the end of that one, so it's no one you forget. Uh, my name's Barry Gourley. I've been in the Answer Lifeboat for about 19 years now. I'm a deputy sitting coxswain on all weather lifeboat and mechanic, and I'm a helmsman on the inshore lifeboat. Aranalai's played a massive part in my life uh, since I joined. My wee girl now, she's 12, and she's been coming down to the shed since she was born, pretty much. She knows all the crew. She's been in the shop, she helps at the shop. I remember when my pager went off and I had her in the museum across the road and she was really wee at the time so I picked her up under my arm and I'm running out like a rugby ball and I'm running out and she's going, Daddy, put me down. So I says, OK, so I put her down. She's running through the shop, out the way, lifeboat shout. <laughs> and I'm like, Isla, be quiet, come on. So I gets across the road and I, I used to have a wee set of gear for her in my locker. So he gets in and I think it was a phone in the Coast Guard I turned around here, she's getting her gear on. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm getting my gear on. It's my first shout. I goes, get that off. Granny's and granders coming to pick you up. <laughs> she's busy. I'm going on this shout. She's pulling her wee yelly gear on, wee yelly wellies on. And she had her wee toy gecko. And I'm like, oh, no. I goes, I put your gear on, but you are not going. But why not? I goes, you're not going on the shout. She was a bit upset. She didn't get to come out in the boat with me, but she'll have her time. I remember going to my bed that night and at my house you could hear the waves and it was it was wild that night and then we put in uh, my wee girl to bed, she was two, almost three at the time. Pager went off just before two o'clock and the first thing going through my head is turn it off, don't wake the wee lassie up, come down the station, come down I'm thinking. That's where I need a wee shout because it's the weather's horrendous out there. And I get to the station, I was first on, uh, first down here, so opened the door. And the Coast Guard, they actually phoned the station and you could tell there was something serious going on because they were uh, wanting us in the water as soon as possible. Boat in distress along by Crail didn't have an exact location to give us. And at that time they told us Protty Ferry Lifeboat was out as well. Uh, so I picked uh, an ILB crew as uh, to come in, so I picked Ewan and Becky. And Alec Purvis come in, he was coxing that night and he picked his crew and we both agreed launch and wait in the harbour, big boat would go in the water and we would follow the big boat along just because the kind of night it was. We're halfway down the slip and Alec come running out shouting, just go. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, just go, the boat's breaking up. And the kind of night it was, wasn't a star or moon, nothing, it was just pitch black. I mean, you were just steering blind, you couldn't see a thing. Going at night on in our area, you've got to watch out because we've got a lot of creels. You've got to watch them, but we couldn't see them. The two crew at the front usually warn you when you're coming towards one, but they couldn't see them, so we're bouncing off the side of the boat all the way along. And we actually caught one in the propeller, which cut the engine out completely. 
which turned us broadside to the weather and Ewan and Becky kept the boat stable while I had to lift the engine up, untangle it and get us going again because we were at risk of capsizing at that point. We headed off again and Ewan was on the radio the whole time to the Coast Guard and it was that rough, he couldn't even clip the, the fist mic in so he had it in his mouth the whole way along to Crail. <laughs> but we saw lights up ahead and it, going through my head, I thought that's brought a lifeboat, the ALB, lighting up the area. And as we get closer, it can't be brought because it's in among the rocks and it was a casualty boat. Unbeknown to us at the time, it was an ex-lifeboat and all its lights were really bright, but its hull was pretty much under water. Every wave comes swept right over the top of it. The two on the back of the boat were screaming at us for help, so we couldn't do anything apart from just go in. So shout to the two in front of me, hold on. We're going in and the two of them turned around and looked at me, picked a wave, went on the top of the wave over the rocks. I can't remember if it was you or Becky, managed to get a hold of a rope uh, and hold us too. Uh, and every time the waves went down, I, I looked back and we were only a foot or two away from the rocks, uh, our engine for hitting the rocks. I was like screaming at the two of them to come down and towards us. So right at the, the raft end, uh, the sun at the time, he, I didn't know it was his son, but he come along, the first one, come along, we got him aboard and uh, he says, my dad at the back, so he's shouting at his dad, like, you're here to come to us, we can't come any closer to you. So at one point I thought I was going to have to put you in aboard to go and help him. But uh, thankfully he, he come along himself, because every time, every breaker that come over was coming over the top of their boat and us and them, so it was just horrendous. The boat was going to last much longer where it was. So eventually I got alongside, uh, I got a hold of his hand, pulled him aboard the boat and he's thanking me. I said, look, don't thank me yet, we're not out of the da out danger zone yet, we've got to get over these rocks again into clear water. We were too overloaded to try and turn and head towards uh, that safe haven at Crail Harbour or Anstruther, so I got you in on the radio to shout the all-weather lifeboats, see where they were. And they were still a wee bit away, so I just told them we would just dodge into the weather till they come alongside, which we done. And uh, managed to get them aboard the Kingdom of Fife. And at the time, Alex shouts down, what about the boat? And I had a total loss. And I think it was no long after that, it washed off the rocket it was on and in deeper water where we would never have managed to get in to get them. He didn't have time to think about it at the time. But see, the steam back to Anstruther Harbour, that's when it's going through your head. You could have killed the two of them in front of you, the two crew, you could have easy capsized, you could easy taken the bottom, you could have easy clipped the engine going out with the two casualties aboard and the two crew, and it wouldn't be worth thinking about if that had happened. So a lot of luck was involved that night as well, uh, because you wouldn't, you would struggle to go in the daylight into that area, and we went in dark. But the, the teamwork shown by the crew ALB and ILB paid off and also the shore crew would uh, never manage without the shore crew, uh, you can't get a boat to sea without them and I always say that it's a, it's a whole team, not just the crew, it's, it's shore crew and boat crew because uh, they recovered us as well when we got back and helped us wash the boat, boat down and that's when we met the, the father and son uh, after the rehouse and I was at the father said to me, so you're the one that's not got a brain that come in there with insure like that. I says, aye, that's me. <laughs>
I picked June and Becky because uh, all the crew, the three of us had trained more together uh, than any other crew. They know what I'm like and I know what they're like. The trust that they had in me that night was, must have been through the roof. <laughs> they, have to, uh, they, they have to trust in every decision that you make and you have to trust them to be able to do everything that's asked of them. Hello, this is Griff Rees-Jones. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 Voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.